The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour With your hosts Joe Bob Ah, you're awful And A.J. Applegar Sin Shu Chu It's a mouthful All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host, AJ Epigarth. How's it going, man? Hi. So. All right. <laughs> it's going. All it's right. gone. We're, we're good. Yeah. We're good. Thursday. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready to rock and roll, man. Yeah. Uh, so we got a good show tonight. We're going to be talking about the second base and third base positions for this upcoming season that's hopefully gonna happen um yeah that being said maybe yeah right uh that being said let's just jump right into things because we got a uh we got a, a kind of a deadline to hit for tonight's show so um just a reminder hit that subscribe button hit the follow button that like button whatever it is that you're listening and watching us on you know leave those leave those reviews uh they, they uh we are very appreciative for those and um yeah, the, you know, the next thing is uh, I want to mention that I have a surprise coming down the pipeline, by the way, for those of you who joined the Fantasy Six Pack series. Uh, I'm this close to lining up a, a prize for it. I can't say what it is yet because it's not totally confirmed, but um, I am super excited to be There's able to. There's something. But I can't tell you what it is. No, so a little, little teaser. Uh, but that being said, man, it, you know, obviously that that league is on Fantrax, and I love running my leagues on Fantrax. Uh, the player pool is deep, the customizations are you know plentiful, and it is free. I mean, everything that you can get for free in that league is insane compared to what you get in, in other places. Um, I, I I will. I I still play other places, but when I launch my own sites, my, all my own leagues, that is where it's at. So if you are going to start a league, I'm telling you guys, join it, do it there, move your league there. You will not be disappointed. And if you do it, join fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack. It's in the ticker there. It'll be in the show notes. Um, that's where it's all about, man. But uh, without further ado let's bring in our guest of honor returning to the show alex fast uh i mean the accolades go on man vp of pitcher list he's been on espn he's been on mlb network he's been on masson for the arios as an orioles fan who moved way 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 too far away um and i just announced a, what a couple hours ago at best yeah the 2021 FSWA, or I guess, or the 2022, is that what they're calling the awards? FSWA Best Baseball Podcast Award winner. So congratulations, nice. Alex, Thank man. You, oh, you and Nick mind. at Pitcher List, man. You get you guys, that, that podcast is fantastic. So congratulations to you guys. Much deserved. Um, awesome to have you here. And um, yeah, um, won't make you give a speech. Let's just jump in the beer week. How about that? Yeah, that sounds great. I appreciate having <laughs> you. Mm, beer. All right, Alex. So uh, this will be your speech. Give us, uh, give us your beer. 
It's funny. I, I was going to try and convince everyone that this was a nice milk stout, uh, but it's a Califia Farms iced coffee. I'm trying to stay up oh, super late okay. to be able to uh, play Elden Ring. comes out at 9 p.m. Pacific. Oh, nice. And, uh, you really okay. got to. I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight. Like, I think yeah, I mean, you. Uh, yeah, you were telling me before the show. You are in the uh, video game business. I'm guessing that's your uh, your big launch that you were telling us about. So, no, I, I no, wish I, I wish I worked for that company, no, but no, no, okay. no they're, yeah, I'm just very cool. excited to play it. I'm just a loser. Hey, no. me and uh, me and we're me and the plant, me and the plant, uh, stay up till you know I too late in the morning, yeah. considering I've got kids to. Uh, play video games after the show on thursdays usually yeah, so he, uh, he kicks me out and then he's just like uh yeah mike so uh you you go to bed you're like you're like oh, i'm tired yeah, midnight <laughs> and you're like all right on. we got three hours to go let's do this yeah pretty much <laughs> all right man so uh aj what you got <clears throat> all right i myself am drinking the new trail brewing uh broken heels mm-hmm. hazy ipa uh citra and mosaic notes of lush citrus and rich pine lush lush citrus okay high aromatics and soft is, is bitterness that, so it's is uh, lush citrus like extra alcoholic citrus <laughs> that's what, right i don't know i don't maybe. know <laughs> maybe um, it's, it's definitely pretty hazy uh All right. it's, it's only seven only seven percent so going a little light tonight only for this only only. (laughs) all right um so i'm drinking a it's a they just call themselves beer farm now but apparently used to be brookfield beer farm uh (laughs) it's a limited edition um i wrote down the name wrong actually it's it's called macro burst but it's their west coast triple ipa and their cans of chains are all like pretty boring and plain this one's actually pretty cool um you know but uh it is an 11 percenter, so I did not go light today. Um, Very nice. Okay. Right. I actually only gave this one a three and a half, though. Like, this is one of the worst triple IPAs I've had, and I blame it on the West Coast style. Sorry, Alex. I do not like West Coast IPAs. Not not my, not my bag, but I figured this was like $13 in the store for a four-pack of 11%. Maybe that was a reason why, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a try for that price because that's <clears> super <throat> cheap for a four pack of anything like this. So, um, but yeah, three and a half, not bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't the best. So, um, anyway, well, let's jump into the show, man. Um, so I want to start off with a little bit, you know, Raz Slam just started. I know you are in it. Um, I guarantee my league is way behind you. Um, (laughs) yeah, we're cooking. So yeah. Oh, well, no, we're the slowest league by a long shot. So (laughs) are you in Yancey Eaton's league? No, we're in round nine. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Yancey Eaton was tweeting today on Twitter saying that he was also in the slowest league today. So maybe you guys are in the same one. No, we're not. Uh, well, I don't think so, but, um, I figured I, I, no, we're definitely not. I, I would I would have recognized him. You recognize, but anyway, him, yeah. yeah. So, what to ask you? Like, what just what pick do you have? And uh, you know, who have you drafted so far? I I got assigned the twelfth pick, um, which was not my favorite. It's not a great place to pick, uh, especially in a best ball, which can be a funky format, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't. I don't. I never really know what 
to what the room is going to do when it comes to pitchers, when it comes to a best ball, right? Agreed. A lot of people like to yeah. push them down. So far, some of the tweets I've seen about Rasslam are that people are pushing down to like third or fourth round. I, at the turn, took Freeman, who I'm fine with. I think wherever he signs, yeah. he's not going to sign in a bad enough park that it's going to limit his value. I think he probably still is going to end up in Atlanta. I'm not really believing the reports that he won't. Um, so I think he's going to be fine. Uh, and then I ended up going with Cole because I figured by the by the time it got back to me, there wouldn't be. I essentially wanted one of like Cole Woodruff or or Burns, yeah, um, and worry. I thought night like if I don't take Cole, no one's gonna get back to me. Um, I took Cole, and then I don't think yeah. Then Scherzer went, then Burns, then Wheeler. When it got back to me, Woodruff was still there. Oh. I was like, whatever, man. I just went okay. with Cole <laughs> and Woodruff. Yeah, that's those are my two pitchers for Razzlam, and I ended nice. up getting uh, a Marte Parte after that with Starling and Cattell Marte. Nice. To me, when it comes to this stuff, multi multi position eligibility yes. is like what I push up the most, right? Yes. Like you just want to be able to have that flexibility, and it prevented me from taking guys that I love, like Fran Mel Reyes, who are only going to be in util Easily. eligibility spots. Guys like Nelson Cruz, who I think can still really produce, but again, uh, aren't you know are, aren't going to be able to slot into different places. So I also then later on paired it up with Hader and McClanahan, two guys that I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. So to start off with Woodruff, McClanahan, and and uh, and Cole, and then pair it up with the Martes uh, and Freeman, I think I'm going to do okay, but who knows? Well, best ball's are just Yeah, best ball's yeah. pretty wonky. Uh, you know, I've, I've done... I've done fairly well in these in this league. The the, the first two years I did it, um, I actually was like third or fourth overall two years ago, uh, mm. which was pretty stellar. Um, and nice. I started with Cole that year, uh, but this year, last year, I I was doing awesome, and then like right after the very second waiver run, like six guys on my team got hurt that were like. Brutal. studs and i couldn't yeah. and i couldn't you can't replace them at that point because there's only the two waiver runs. <laughs> yeah. like i had already lost trout but i was expecting him to come back and then he never did <laughs> and then but like a whole bunch of other people got knocked out for me and i was just like oh geez uh but yeah so i've got the second pick so far i started with trey turner bogarts i, I go early catcher because i want to lock that in in the best ball so i went will smith abreu castellanos I've waited on pitcher big time here. Uh, Peralta, Barrios, mixed in Cody Bellinger. And you know what? I went for it, man. Chris Sale. I, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, round nine, I was like, you know what? At that point, like the upside with him is massive. I was mad. I wanted Hendricks or Hader where I took Peralta. They went the two bigs before me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah, so I think you kind of already covered what your strategy is. It's sort of just, you know, multi-position eligibility. But uh, so let's move on here to our second base position. And uh, first question we've got for you, man, is uh, with Marcus Simeon. You know, he, to me, like his, his career has sort of been up and down. You know, he's had some pretty big years, pretty meh years. Uh, and then, of course, last year at 30 years old, bombs 45, you know, just crush it now he's in texas i mean what's the realistic expectations for him uh this season um a great question i i, I was looking at the to marcus i today and like ever since joey gallo talked about the fact that the new park was really terrible for power i've been really scared about any kind of offensive output from that from really anyone who isn't adolis garcia uh like 
Marcus Simeon has obviously shown that kind of power, but it's a different kind of power, right? He's not like a guy who's at the top of the barrel rate charts every year, the top of the max exit velocity charts. Although I did think that it was a little bizarre to see such a large difference. Um, was it him? I think there's one guy who I was researching who had like a really large difference between his max exit velo and his, uh, no, that was another guy we're going to talk about later. That's a good little tease. Um, park <laughs> yeah. factors can take like a few years to stabilize too. So but when you look at 2021, um, you should take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because there's only two years of data for the new globe life, but right. it was the eighth worst park by offense. Um, yeah. It was really, really good for singles and really not much else. In 2020, it was a better park, again, small sample size, but it still wasn't good for doubles or triples or home runs. Um, so now we kind of get into the question of, right, well, how many questions can we theoretically, how many home runs, excuse me, can we theoretically project for him? And I actually think the projections are spot on. He hit 33 in Oakland, and that's actually a worse park offensively than Texas is. Aside the blip in 2017, he's been fairly consistent in terms of game played he seems to have made a significant change in 2019 to the barrel rate and that seems to have stuck both in the short 2020 well it regressed a little bit in 2020 but then popped back up over a full sample size in 2021 so i still think at the end of the day he's patient enough to get in fastball counts he's a really good fastball hitter so i think it's fine to pencil him in for 30 plus home runs but anything above 36 37 i'm a little wary yeah, I guess you bring up the park factors, right? And the, and the one thing that you know, I know off total offensively, like that park was down, especially compared to what it was before. But like it was even way below where I think people thought it was going to be, uh, considering it's still in Texas and that you know the air there in general. The one thing I wonder is like if Texas offense has been pretty bad for the last couple of years. So like, how much does that factor into it? And now they're adding a couple big bats, so maybe that will like boost it up and we're gonna be like oh well maybe it wasn't the ballpark maybe it was just clearly the team time will tell but like that's something you got to think about and these i do i don't know maybe i'm wrong no 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 <laughs> yeah. i think it's a super important thing when you get a guy like Corey seager who's going to be hitting right behind semi and who's projected to hit you know second <clears throat> and then adolos garcia with that power there's still theoretically a really good chance that uh uh nate lau i always for i think it's lau and he's not low i always forget the two yeah i, uh, I know i do the same thing <laughs> i'll never remember i think i think there is a good chance that the productivity could be there so yeah maybe a few more runs a few more ribbies but yeah the home runs and i just don't know if we can bounce on 40 again yeah that, that's probably a little high in my opinion but uh yeah, I, I'm. I like him, but I'm. I do like him this year, and I, I think that him and Seager in that lineup is is going to be an interesting, uh, interesting vision to see what we can do there. Um, but moving on to the next guy here, we got Mr. Javi Baez. Um, I mean, he's pretty much been very fantasy relevant, you know, for for a handful of years now with racking up all these counting stats. You know, he's almost like a full four tool player with the homers, the runs, the ribbies, steals. Um, average has always been his question mark, uh, you know, but that's mostly because he's got such an aggressive swing, um, and it's not going to kill you, mm. but now we see him moving to Detroit. So do you think we're going to see a dip in his production? And, and if so, is it enough that you would not be targeting him at his current ADP of 62? Yeah, I do think that we're likely going to see a, a dip in the production a little bit. And I do also think that there are probably other guys that I would be a little bit more interested in 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 taking. I mean, Park Factor has become a lot more reliable for Comerica and for Wrigley. Um, and uh, just because of the larger sample size and the parks aren't too 
much far off, but he's definitely going to be in a worse lineup. Um, and then when I looked down the list, right, like I was looking at guys who were going after him in ADP and then looking up the bat X projections. I'll look at bat X. I'll look at ATC a lot. And, you know, just for the sake of this, I went with bat X. I looked at Jorge Polanco and I looked at Jonathan India. Um, if you break all three of those guys down, they're all projected for 26 or 25 home runs. Jonathan India is projected to have more runs than Polanco, than Baez. Polanco and India both projected for more ribbies than Baez. Uh, Polanco and India both projected for a better average than Baez. And then they get a Baez gets like five, maybe five more stolen bases. Um, and there's like a four round difference between Javi Baez and yeah. a guy like Jonathan India. Even there's a two round difference between him and Jorge Polanco. So I don't really want to chase five stolen bases. And to me, there's a lot like I would rather go for more home runs, a better lineup and a better park. And a guy like yep. Jonathan India, who I think could theoretically repeat. Or if you don't want to, if you want to, you know, if you're concerned about the sophomore slump, then go with Jorge Polanco, who maybe is on a similar kind of team offensively, but is still going to rack up the home runs. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could buy it at that price. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the other thing to look at too is there's there's some pretty solid pitching, you know, mostly with the White Sox, but he's going to be seeing a lot of these guys, you know, a lot more than he would have. So mm-hmm. that's going to play a part in it for me. Um, I, I think that I, I'm looking elsewhere. I I've never been really big on bias anyways. So, uh, you know, I, I liked his stats with Chicago, but I I'm fine going for, for a better known quantity at, at that ADP personally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been a bias fan only because, uh, AJ in, in our fantasy six pack keeper league that we've got, uh, I had him at like a, around 12 keeper for a few years i mean i liked Um, him there but and then but he's now like this will be the third year keeping him he's like creeping up into like you know eighth round and it's kind of like i mean i don't know like maybe i'll throw him back in the waters this year and see if i can get somebody better but you know that's risky because i mean he has been valuable for me like he gives me a little bit of everything so like i feel like there are some people who are just completely off of him they're just like that ah, bias by like i don't want anything to do with him and you're like no that that's that's the wrong move he's valuable more than you think if that's what you're trying to do but he's maybe not as valuable as he used to be um so i think that i mean that's where the question came from but uh yeah i mean i, I agree with you i think there we will see a slight dip in production just because that offense won't be anywhere close to what it what, what he had in chicago um even though it was not that great last year for Chicago, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and we'll just ignore 2020 because they were all horrible in 2020, <laughs> um, including Baez. Yeah, he um, was not good at all in 2020. So, mm. The last second baseman here that we want to cover is uh, Tommy Edmond. And this is a guy, mm. man, I feel like there's like your big truthers out there. There's your kind of, yeah, I'm not really sure what he is. I'm honestly kind of that guy who I'm not really sure what he is. Um, look, I mean, after 2019, you know, I could people were buying in, you know, yeah, for you know, after 349 plate appearances, he had 11 home runs, 15 stolen bases, a really good batting average. Mm-hmm. Fine, you could see the potential. He has not come anywhere close to that since then, and I get it, you know not as many played appearances in, in 2020. So maybe you just give him that. But in 2021, I mean, double the played appearances and 
I mean, the steals came with him. So we got that. But the power has not followed, and neither did the average. So, you know, at he's still got a fairly pricey ADP because I think there are those people out there that think he could be the next, you know, you know, true power speed guy, maybe next 2030 guy type type thing. But do you believe in that or are you kind of a fade on him? Um, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say that I'm a fade on him. I definitely agree with the sentiment that if you're drafting him with the hope of a 2020 season, then you're probably going to be a little bit upset. I don't know if I necessarily kind of believe in those power comps, but I think like when I, if you realize what you're getting, which is stolen bases, I think you're, you're going to be fine. Steamer has like 15 guys who are getting 20 or more stolen bases. Um, he's one of them. And only nine of those guys are slated to have an average over 260. And Tommy Edmond is the last of that tier when it comes yeah. to ADP or ADP. Uh, stolen bases are so rare and inconsistent um, compared to like home runs. And he was the guy that I was hinting at that he has a really large disparity between his max exit velocity and his average exit velocity. So yeah, maybe there is a step forward. Maybe there could be a 2020 season there. But I feel like if you're just banking on a guy who's not going to kill your average and you find yourself in like around pick 100, 120, you don't have many stolen bases. Um, he's a good option because after that, we're talking about, you know, um, Miles Straw. We're talking about Akil Badu. We're talking about Manuel Margot. Uh, you know, we're talking about guys that could theoretically only be, well, I don't want to say only be guys for stolen bases, but could theoretically be a little bit worse for your average, right? Oh, Tyler Chisel? Wade. No. Right? Chisel ain't bad. The, say it again. What about Chisholm? Chisholm, yeah, but yeah, Chisholm's not bad, but I think he's actually going ahead of him in ADP right now. Is Maybe he? I'm wrong. Uh, that's not where I got him on my rankings, so I guess I just kind of trusted my rankings a little too much there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he's going—he's going a little bit ahead. Of, he's going about twelve, about a round ahead of him right now. Interesting. All right, that's yeah. not how my rankings got it, but that's all right. So you've mentioned the the average exit velocity and the max exit velocity a couple of times already. I want to ask you, like. There's been a, I, I've seen this I've seen debates on Twitter about it right and in people coming out being like don't trust max exit velocity it doesn't mean anything like what, what does that mean to you like I mean I I get it like you know you can hit the ball really hard just a few times so your max exit velocity is you know huge but yeah you know maybe just if if you're just sort of an average type hitter you know you're not gonna have that you know consistent exit velocity is going to keep you up in that upper, upper echelon to keep that power going. You know, what do you think about that? I mean, I'm trying to see if I could pull up like every once in a while. It's like, let's see. Oh, here we go. Pull up the max exit velocity leaders and see if these guys are good home run hitters, right? Like, let's just see if it passes the eye test. Right. So here's the one through 10 on the max exit velocity in 2021. Stanton, Machado, Judge, Otani, Alonzo, Soler, Cruz, Guerrero Jr., Jonathan Scope, which is very interesting, and Miguel Sano, right? That So we say it passes the eye test, right? And then I think, yeah. you know, guys like Alex Chamberlain have written really helpful articles yeah. on how it can be, I think the actual name of the piece is the near, like, immediate usefulness of max exit velocity. It's something that can that can be very indicative also of who is getting power gains. If there's a large sample size and a guy sets a new max exit velocity, then it could be indicative of more power. Like any other stat, there's no point in taking it out of context, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's no point in making it the end-all be-all. I can't say, oh, well, because he's got a max exit velocity, 
uh, he's definitely going to hit more home runs. I think Edmonds interesting because of that gap, but yeah, that doesn't necessarily translate to the fact that he will. It means maybe there could be some, um, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a good stat to have in your, in your arsenal, especially when disparities like that pop up. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and, you know, we, we say this all the time, like, and, and you said it right on not, there's no one stat that's going to tell you one right. metric. That's going to tell you how good or bad a player is. Everybody's yeah. got pluses and minuses. You've got to put, you got to put the whole picture together. Um, you know, it, in football, I feel like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little more cut and dry. Like we don't yeah. have as many like, an, you know, analytics behind it. Baseball, it is just like they're everywhere, Everything. man. It's just like it's just <laughs> yeah. like raining down on you. It's almost which, like too much sometimes. Which, yeah, totally. But yeah. I, to, to fight back a little bit on that, I, that's kind of why I stay away from football and why I think the arguments on Twitter about football are more intense because there aren't any as many things that are quantifiable. Like someone could be like, that dude sucks in baseball. And he could be like, well, here's 10 stats that yes. say that they're probably better I than, agree. You, than you think. But in football, yeah. you could be like, that dude sucks. And I've got two stats to tell you, you know what I mean? there's, there's so he much ran a lot I've, I've got these 10 <laughs> yeah. clips that tell you why this guy sucks and then this guy's gonna yeah. go i got 10 clips to tell you why this guy's awesome it's and, it's crazy yeah. like yeah, it is and it's beyond 10, 10, 10, 10 missed catches right. and 10 caught yeah. balls i put on my Haloti nada jersey i watch a game i turn it off and then i move on like that's nice. it yeah it's uh it's fun to talk about though man i i enjoy talking to football too but uh yeah Baseball so, was the one that really sucked me into like the analytical side of fantasy sure. sports, and uh, for good reason. So, because yeah, there um, actually is analytics. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a little. There's getting to be more with, with football, but not not nearly as much. Um, so yeah. So speaking of moving on, let's let's jump into third base here. Sure. Um, talk about. I, I mean, I like this guy personally, mm-hmm. Mr. Austin Riley. So he definitely broke out in a big way last season you know he hit 33 homers but the most surprising part to me was the fact that he hit 303 for his average i mean is that for real do do we expect to see you know near 300 again or or possibly over again or, or is he definitely a regression candidate I would be surprised if the if the 300 happened again. I, I think there's good news and there's bad news. The bad news is yeah. I would be, if I were a betting man, I would take the under on 300. I take the under on 290. I take the under on 285 and say we're probably looking at like a 270, 275 hitter, which is also just fine. <laughs> like that's just yeah. fine in today's game. Yeah, in leagues yeah. with average, <laughs> yeah, I would take that all the time that's totally fine and with you know i sure it'll bring him down a little bit more in obp as well and he is a guy with like a 26 percent k rate the walk rate isn't terrible but it's obviously not great but yeah. i think if you go into that with that expectation and you can still project like 30 home runs um that's nice like that's that's really nice i think there are a lot of guys you know when we're getting up to that 30 35 range um the batting average starts to drop off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there's a good, there's a good mix there. Um, you're obviously, like we said, not going to get much from stolen bases, but you are going to get a fair amount of runs and ribbies too. So yeah, well, I, I think a, um, a good step in average could be there. The power could stay. There's a, like, one of the things I like to do is like, especially for rookies see like, okay, are they just feasting on four seamers? You know what I mean? Like, are they just waiting for four seamers and just knocking them out of the park? His Woba, 
It's unbelievable. His Woba on force on fastballs is uh, 375, uh, which is very good. And it doesn't fall off at all on breaking pitches at 373. And it actually gets better on off-speed pitches. He had a 413 Woba on off-speed pitches. So there like wasn't really any major hole in his swing. Um, so, hey, maybe you take that information. You're like, well, then maybe... We're, we're talking too low here. Maybe 285, maybe 290 is possible. It's good to know that that ceiling is there, but I just don't know if I want to bank on it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the average is going to drop. I love the power. <clears throat> I, I, I'm mad at myself. Uh, last year, he was a guy who I was really big on, and I just kept hearing you know negative things during spring training, like he wasn't going to get the job and all that kind of stuff, and I was just like, fine i won't draft him and then i mm. didn't and then look what happened <laughs> so i was like ah! yeah. <laughs> so i think clearly his the job is his now i'd be i'd find it very hard to believe him to lose it unless just the bottom completely falls out but i've always thought the talent was there it was always the batting average and the, and the plate discipline and he figured it out so you know yeah i mean I, the, the the one thing that i look at too is you know his his average exit velocity has been the same, basically <clears throat> the the three years that he's played. Um, his BABIP was way up last year compared to the first two years of the three sixty eight. So you know maybe he was getting getting a little more lucky there, but his hard hit percentage dropped. So mm-hmm. you know I I don't think we necessarily I, he's just consistent. I mean, that, that's yeah. what I like to see. And we talk about consistency all the time with football um, because that is one metric that we can usually use to measure. Um, and I, I think looking at some of those stats, I'm I'm all in on it. I'm with yeah. you. And especially if Freeman comes back and, you know, we got Acuna returning. That yeah, he's I mean, that's, gonna, yeah. that's the one it's thing be that's even better for him. That's um, keeping me a little, you know, trepidatious is that, the fact he didn't have Acuna last year. Well, but, half the year, yeah. Yeah. I, and then a lot of the guys that they have, we talked about it last week, are going to be free agents, you know, or are free agents that are still unsigned. Mm. So we got to see where they're going to go. All right. So next guy on our rotation here for third base is Mr. Nolan Arenado. And I don't know, man, is he being discounted too much in an ADP of 72? I mean, Look, I, I know people are a little down on him, and, or like, I feel like maybe too much. You know, mm-hmm. he still had a fairly nice season in his first full season away from Coors. I mean, he hit. Um, I forgot to write down the stats. I need to just pull them up real quick here. But yeah, I mean, I feel like you know it was like thirty four bombs. Yeah, thirty four yep. bombs, a hundred five yep. RBI. The batting <laughs> average dropped dramatically, which I think is the big thing that are scaring people. And the first half of last year wasn't great for him but like i mean he bounced back like a like it was crazy the last part of the season he he looked like arenado again in my opinion so like are we discounting him too much yeah i i really think so if if he's still around in the 70s like honestly if he's still around in the 70s i I might even take him even if i already have a third baseman like i i i I just i i think that there's sure you want to say that he's going to hit 255 fine but there's not a lot of guys you're going to find with like, you know, 35 home run, a hundred ribby potential, <laughs> like, like, and who are not going to kill your, yeah. your, like who could theoretically return first round value still. Right. I yeah. mean, you can make the argument <clears throat> that the Babbitt dropped, um, 
a little bit too much. I mean, it's difficult to say because he came out of cores, but it was a 249 Babbitt compared to the 293. So that theoretically well, means and it was that also the 241 his last season in cores. But again, that COVID season was just—it's hard to put a lot of stock in that season for a lot. Yeah, of players. yeah, yeah. That's that's I, I yeah, exactly. I, I can't. I don't really. Yeah, see that I sort of keep skipping on the stat list. It's sort of like that's a weird one. Skip. Go on yeah. to the next one. <laughs> and then an so when you do, it, it really is. And when you do too, if you discount that, like all the other things aren't too far out no. of line. The barrel rate isn't too far out of line. Like obviously, yes, the woba and the average are going to go down a little bit. Um, but still, let's say he gives you a two fifty average with thirty five home runs and a hundred runs or rippies. Like that's just not. It's not a lot not of people are going to replicate that season. Not a lot yeah, of people are going to replicate hurt. that. So okay, yeah. so let, let me let me let me ask you this: to a little, who, who would you rather? Right. So okay. I think obviously for third base, right? I think now I'm using Fantasy Pros eligibility. So yell at me if this guy doesn't actually have third base eligibility. They they use everybody and combine it all together because they have to, right? So mm-hmm. let's just do the two guys we've already talked about: Austin Riley or Arenado. Um, I will go with Riley just because I think the, the ceiling on the, on the average, he's, you know, younger, um, better park, uh, arguably better lineup. So yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with Riley. All right. I like that. Uh, what about Wander Franco? He's a guy who I think is interesting. Mm, That's really good. I think he was like one of the, the bad acts was saying that he was one of the guys who was like projected to finish like top 10 in war at the end of the year i i'm gonna go for the sure thing with the power though i'm gonna go with arenado yeah franco's sort of that like mixed player it's gonna give you a whole bunch of everything it feels like and he could really bust he could really boom and could also really bust i feel like so i sort of like arenado although my ranking system puts Franco above him, but I'm not sure mm. I would actually do it. Let's be real. Uh, Bregman. Bregman. And Arenado. Um, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, man. I'm sorry. This is <laughs> we, we no, were no, no, a little. We, we've been running pretty fast, so I was like, I got some time. Let's let's do this. <laughs> I think I would go. I think I'd go Arenado. Honestly, I think. Maybe Bregman has the better average, but doesn't have more home runs, even though he's in a stadium that just like gets him too many home runs. Yeah, I think I'd still go Arenado there. All right. Last two here, and I'm going to put them all together. Okay. Arenado, Monacy, and Rendon. And Anthony Rendon? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I'll go Arenado. I, uh, um, Mondesi, you're just going to get the stolen bases, and Lord knows you don't want to deal with the injury risk. And honestly, same thing with Rendon. I mean, great upside, but the guy can't stay healthy the past couple of years. So no. Arenado showed a lot more consistency with that. So you let's say you lose either of those guys. Theoretically, if Rendon plays a full season, yeah, I could see him outperforming, Rendo, uh, outperforming Arenado. But the replacement that you're going to get off the wire when Rendon goes down is not going to be enough cumulatively to surpass Arenado in my mind. So I a hundred percent agree with you on Monacy, especially mm-hmm. with the injury stuff. And I agree with you with, with all the picks, actually I'm hundred percent spot on with you. Um, I will say this about Rendon and it actually surprised me because I had the same thought as you until I dug into it a little more. Yeah. He, except for last season, 
He has played 146, 136, 147, 156 games. And then even in 2020, 52 out of 60. So he's actually played a ton of games. I mean, 136, 146, yeah, not full seasons, but like. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's a massive amount of. It's, it yeah. shocked me. I was. Because I, I always have this early... perception that he's injured all the time too it's the early and, yeah. career it's really bias. not the case in yeah, um, 2013 he only played 98 games and then he only played 80 in 2015 but mm. between those 153 um yeah. maybe that's you know. his peak maybe i mean he's obviously gonna be at the wrong yeah. side of 32 but then also yeah you're right yeah. i mean maybe it's just my recency bias kind of getting in the way there yeah it it's yeah a great it, point i just I don't. I it it, it shocked me too. Yeah, no, I I clearly would too. But I just I, I I'm I'm all on on the early. Ah, he was injured early in his career. He's, <laughs> he's washed up, <laughs> even though he's not. But I mean, hell, he led the league in ribbies in uh, in 2019. So I mean, like, dude, if we're gonna put injury bias on anybody recently, like, should we put it on Mike Trout? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Why, yeah. why? Why is everybody still drafting Mike can. Trout in the first end of the first round, early second round? Because it's Mike Trout. But this guy has played, you know, less than a full season the last two years. You know, you know, 140, 138. Twenty twenty was basically full season, but then last year, thirty nine. Yeah, he I just think... demolished you. 2020, 2017 only played around twenty games. Like, oof. Can you even What's funny? What's anymore? kind of funny about that is even Mike trade Trout trade in a half, it. Mike Trout in a half season mm. can do what Arenado can do in a full. That's the point. Which is what's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, so it, so here's the thing. Like I true. feel like Trout has more value in like a roto league than he does in a head to head league. Because and and I'll be honest, I play in more head to head leagues, and so does AJ. Um, but we understand, you know, the differences, and so in Trout in a roto league will. Is fine. He'll get you. You get what you get from him, and then you just move on and get the rest, right? You would love a full season from him, but good luck. But in a head-to-head league, you lose him for the key stretch run, and then Mm. you're just toast. Um, And so, I mean, that's kind of like the same thing with best ball with me, right? And last year I had Trout, and I was just praying he would come back, and he never did. And I just – you can't keep up at that point. No matter how many points he gave me early on, I couldn't keep up. Mm -hmm. So – yeah. All right. So moving on here, the next guy we got, Mr. Yon Mankata. Uh, I mean, just two seasons ago, this guy was basically a, a top third base uh, player. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, 25 homers, uh, stole 10 bases, hit 315. That's that's something that you love to see from anybody in general. Um, let alone from somebody you drafted. years old. <laughs> yeah, somebody yeah. you drafted where you took Mankata um, or picked them up off free agency. Since then, though, things have gone south pretty quick. Um, I mean, are, are we thinking that there's room for a bounce back here? Or are we hoping for it and just not going to get it? What do you think about Mankata? I think so. I was really excited in 2019 because there seemed to be like a clear hole in his swing and he was just getting like really taken advantage of with breaking pitches and off speed pitches, right? Just a guy who was like 
great fastball hitter. And then they were like, oh, we're just going to throw him all this other breaking stuff. Couldn't couldn't do it. And then 2019 came around. And I remember early on being like, oh, man, he's like actually figured out the breaking stuff a bunch. And then we've only seen kind of declines in that, particularly from from changeups um, and other off speed pitches. The the like the swing strike rate on the pitch went up, the kind of in zone swing and miss on the pitch went up, the barrel rate on the pitches went down. So it does have me a little bit worried that that he's kind of been figured out in that way. That doesn't mean that he's figured out for good, right? There's an opportunity mm-hmm. for him to kind of address that and get a little bit better there. Um, I think like it's all relative. I think what I would be realistically expecting from him aren't steps forward in the average department. Like, I don't think we're really ever yeah. going to see it and over 300, you know, on Mankata again. I think we can uh, agree no. that that was the exception to the rule. Um, and I'm putting him more in the 260-270 range. I think it's a little bit more yep. realistic. But yep. I also don't think it's, you know, unheard of to get 20 bombs out of him. Um, obviously, going to have a lot of offensive firepower around him. But, yeah, like, I, I think as long as I go in knowing that that's what I'm going to expect, but like this is a later round dude, because there's nothing really there that puts you over, right? Like he's not giving you enough average. He's only giving you 20 home runs. He's not going to give you more than six or seven stolen bases. He's kind of like a, I don't know. It's a little boring. It's a little boring at the back end, which can be good, which can be good. It can be fine to pair it with things, but that's kind of realistically what I'm expecting. The thing that surprises me the most The power dropping off and even the average dropping off a little bit didn't shock me. Mm. The steals. Mm -hmm. What happened? With the zero in 2020 and three last year. But Mm. three Uh, all of last year in 144 games. Yeah. I mean, he's projected for six and five and four, depending on what you look at. But, like, that's not a lot. I mean,. What happened? The guy's still young, and apparently he's still got a 70-speed prospect, you know, raking, you know? So, like, he had three steals in 54 games in 2017. And now he's projected for three in He was caught twice. So that means it's like he never ran. I I mean, he he was caught three times in 19 and had Mm -hmm. 10 steals. Yeah. So, so I don't understand. Like, it, I don't know if you have any just thoughts on that, in. Alex. It's just, I mean, so, you go with a guy like Tony Larusso is going to be a little bit more old school too. You would think you wouldn't mind sending him a little bit more. Maybe it's yeah. just where they were. You know, maybe they thought like one. It's always a thing where they don't want him to get injured. Maybe it was something like that. Um, maybe they, you know, Abreu. They didn't want him stealing ahead of Abreu as he came up in the order a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Steals are so hard. They're so hard. Like it's I was gonna just say, he does to he does bat in front of some monster guys. So that's that's mm-hmm. where I was gonna go with it. I mean, it's Abreu, then Grandal, then Robert, then Jimenez, you know, like or whatever mix that's going to end up being. Yeah. So yeah, it is tough to send him when you know any one of those guys can just hit him home and not worry about it. Yeah. Even from first, because he's got the speed to do it. Yeah. So Yeah, but if he's on second. It's easier to do it. (laughs) It's a good point. I I, I get it. I just, I, uh, I, to me, 2019 was just, it it was so off of everything else we've seen from him. Um, yeah. and, And that's, that's why it's hard for me to really look at him as 
yeah, he's going to get back to that point. I don't, I don't think I see it. I mean, hell, he led the league in strikeouts the year before that, and he had a 235 average, a 231 average, and you know, again, in only 54 games, so that's not really counting much. Um, I think his average sticks around the, you know, the two two fifties, two sixties. Um, you know, the strikeouts obviously came down, so that's good. He's he's being a little more patient and and finding his pitch. Um, you know, the walks were up to eighty four last year, mm-hmm. and that's that's ridiculous to me. So, but that that coming up. And and then the strikeouts coming down reads to me that, that the patience is there. The big thing with him, though, I mean, his slugging is not really great. Um, again, outside of 2019, where he was up close to 550, everything else has just hovered around 400. I mean, okay, that's that's. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where we all, all right. kind of figured the power yeah, wasn't I mean, going to really I, I just continue. Don't, I don't think I see him really just expanding all of this stuff. And, and again, with the lineup that he has, you know, he's coming into his 27 year season. I mean, I I don't think he needs to do all of these different things. I think he's a solid player and he's a solid option, but that's what is, uh, what does pitcher list do for a lot of the Jag, just the guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> so there we go. He is, man. He is just totally a guy, a right? I mean, mm. for third base, he's kind of just a guy. Yeah, exactly. So there we go. Hey, a little little shout out to pitcher list there, man. Uh, so let's finish things off here, and I'm gonna go a little deeper in the third base pool here. And Brian Hayes, uh, you know, drafted as the 11th third baseman right now, feels a little rich to my blood, man. Um, you know, his projections don't really back that up, in my opinion. We're looking at, you know, and I wrote down in the stats, in, in the notes, 15 home runs at best. Mm-hmm. Steamer yeah. apparently bumped that up to 17 just recently. So, okay. okay. Uh, I don't know where they get that cool. from, but sure. Uh, but I'm still going to go with 15 at best because that's pretty much the other two that have them at best. And then 12 stolen bases at best. Mm-hmm. You know, mediocre batting average, not a lot else going on. Why is his ADP so high? Yeah, I think if you're if he's yeah. If he's at the 11th third baseman off the board, that's not really for me. I have him more like 15-16. I think where Brian Hayes becomes valuable for your team is another like you know, 10 steals is not bad. 10 steals is going to be right. beneficial to you. Um, so if you are really, really hurting on steals, he's not going to hurt you, right? His average is not going to hurt you. He's going to mm-hmm. stay in the lineup because he's got plus plus defensive ability. So I think if it's a late in your drafts and you're like, oh man, I'm at the bottom tier and I need something in a roto that's going to get me a little bit more competitive. Um, or if you're, you know, wanting something that's going to push you a little bit higher, whatever it is, late in drafts, 10 steals, that isn't going to actively hurt you in other categories um isn't bad but yeah he's not really a guy i would be worried if we were if i was getting into drafts and it's like okay it's getting down to like brian hayes and like maybe one other dude then i've i've waited too far i, I yeah. want to sure things up a little bit before that 
Uh, that's where I'm at in Razzball, by the way. Uh, <laughs> for third base has passed me by, um, unfortunately. So I might be looking at one of these guys. He was hoping for better information. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, no. I wasn't. Not, I not better information. Was gonna be, better but like, upside. Though. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he he has. He is still, and I'm looking it up now. Now I I I do the NFBC ADP for for these shows. Um, from January first, uh, okay. the stuff that happens in October feels a little no, too, too off. Yep. Um, so I do the last like two, you know, two months, um, which could still be almost a little too far off, but still eleventh overall. Like his highest is 106, and then his lowest is 180. So it is a wide range here. But yeah, eleventh overall still on an average to me just feels way too high. I've got him around four. Uh, 16 on my third okay. base rankings list right now. Um, now this, you know, this isn't NFBC rankings, but uh, and I and I get the NFBC is a different beast, but uh, it's, mm. it's a good. I feel like NFBC ADP is a good, uh, solid ADP to use because if you try to do the conglomerate of like ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, fan tracks, it's just all over the place. This mm. is like legit players grabbing guys where they should go but uh yeah yeah i mean i will say you might want in that case you might want to use fantasy pros because it does fit your argument better uh he has 15 uh, third baseman overall does he all right yeah Yeah, no but uh, i'm saying hey you could whatever you pick your poison if you want to make yourself look great like hey man (laughs) doesn't doesn't matter yeah i mean the the, the maybe it makes you look smarter than nfbc guys Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Which sorry, and all the NPC guys, I'm sorry. Todd Zola, don't do yeah. yell at me. <laughs> we, we already know that that's not true, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> As I proved last week with Todd. Yes, correct. I suck at NPC formats. Outside of, outside of cut line. I'm good at cut line. Everything else, I suck. <laughs> I mean, the, anyway. thing I, the thing I look at with Brian, uh, Brian here is we haven't seen him in a full season yet either. Mm-hmm. So... I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, what happens when he's an everyday player. Um, yeah. You know, we only had 96 games last year, you know, 362 of bats, still managed almost 50 runs, um, good amount of hits. I mean, the, the average was, it was, uh, you know, serviceable, 257. Yeah. So I, 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 I want to see a little bit more. Um, I'm not necessarily jumping ship here to like go out and get the guy. Mm. Um, But if he falls to me in the right spot and I've already got a starting third, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to taking him as a corner infielder and and just, just seeing what happens, you know, um, if he's hanging around, but I'm with you. I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah, I just feel like there's people taking him, you know, mm-hmm. especially people who, you know, miss on those top guys, and then they don't want to take the Monsies yeah. and the Rendons and the Bryans and LeMahews. They're just like, oh, I'll just take Cabrian Hayes instead. And I kind of feel like that's what's happening in NFBC, where it's kind of like, I don't want any of those guys because there's too much risk there. Cabrian Hayes, that's upside. So that's what they're doing. And I, I just don't see it. I don't yeah. know. But yeah. uh, I think he's a good player. Probably a better yeah, baseball player than he's a fantasy player. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. There's a lot. Yeah. There's, there's 
there's football players like that, right? You know, like we say that all the time, and, and I hate to always comp football with with this, but you know that's, that's what we do. But uh, um, it that you know we, we see a lot of guys like that. But uh, anyway, Alex, uh, I know you got to go. So uh, at ten o'clock, mm. the. Uh, the clock, clock just it, struck. Turned yeah. to a pumpkin. So uh, we need to let you go. But uh, before before you do, man, just uh, remind everybody where they can find you on Twitter and what you got going on this season. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter over at AlexFast8. Going to have my top 100 dropping uh, in the next couple of weeks. And then hopefully an article coming out about pitcher volatility, the most volatile pitchers <laughs> and how we can determine that uh, in a week or so. So come check it out. That's going to be all, all on pitcher list. At all on pitch yeah. list. You got yeah. Uh, you you hitting up any of the other uh, networks this this year? Or you don't know yet. Um, I I can't say. But, okay. Uh, I think you're working on it. I'll say you're working on it. Yeah. All right. In uh, it was cool yeah. to see you on uh, MLB Network that one time, man. That was yeah. that was yeah. pretty cool sitting there with all. Hopefully, the... you'll see it again very soon. Awesome! 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 Yeah. The, uh, the last thing I will say is the eight for Mister Cal Ripken. Hmm. Is the aid for uh, yes? Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> As we get it's all my lucky number because of that. Wearing... Yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. There you go. There you there go. go. There you go. We, we, we got we got the the Rifkin bobblehead. Yeah, there we go, man. Can he, can he throw up in Colombia. It's tough not to. Tough yeah, not to... that's that's true. Yeah, and I will, that. I will just show you this. Oh, jeez. Oh, nice. Those clock. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah we, we don't mind the fireball. That's, that's, that's treacherous. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I love it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta give that shout out too. Mm. I wanted right, to man, put it well, behind Alex, me, but I had I didn't get to it yet. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming out again, man. It's been a blast. Yeah, we will Thanks definitely do it again. And uh, have a good night, man. All right. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. All right, AJ. Uh, so yeah, that was an under hour show for the first time in history. ever, um, <laughs> ever. Yes. So yeah, so we got some time to kill. What you doing, man? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, so we got no, like another forty-five. To no go. kidding. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to do. I really don't. No. Uh, let's just close oh, things out can, here for for real. Promote next week's show. Exactly. We will promote next about... week's show. Jesus. We will. I'm, hour, I'm kidding, you idiots. God, you know I'm just whatever. We will be so talking next about week shortstops with Mr. Matt Williams, who, by the way, was just on the On Deck Circle podcast Tuesday night. So go back and check him nice. out talking some Dynasty. Um, so that was pretty cool. I, I when I saw that, I was like, hey. Making the rounds on Fancy Six Pack. I love it. Yeah. So uh, Matt Williams, friend of the show as well. Uh, good guy. I love having him on the show. We'll be hitting up short stops, which we used to pair with second base. Don't you remember that, man? We ha yeah, How have times now. changed? But, man, shortstop is loaded. So it's his own show. Still has to be teamed up with somebody else. Yet shortstop, not so much. Yeah. Well, shorts, yeah. Third base and shortstop switched. But, uh, yeah. yeah, also, again, if you're still listening and watching, thank you. And just hit that subscribe button, the follow button, the like button. Leave those reviews. Five stars yeah. only, please. That's good. Do whatever you got to do, guys. Uh, we, we we appreciate all the love you give us. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Let's uh, close it out, shall we? Cheers.